What is love? The first thing that comes to mind is, baby, don't hurt me, don't hurt me no more. <laughs> but in all reality, as we go through our lives, our experiences, encounters, challenges, and relationships shape us. With that comes happiness, frustration, jealousy, anger, sadness, desperation, hatred, inspiration, etc. But in all encompassing, Love is what strings humankind together. Whether it be familial, platonic, romantic, love is shapeless. Its simplicity modes into whatever form and extends beyond the grasp of humankind. Starting off for Act 1 is a story from Karina Aguilar that reveals how she learns to appreciate and love the journey that accompanies challenges that she encounters. Here is Quest for Completion. Click. I was instantly enveloped by the darkness. The only thing illuminating my room was my computer screen. I looked at the time. It was 8pm. I grabbed my flashlight and pointed it to my ceiling for more vision. To put in dramatic terms, I was betrayed. bg and &E announced that my town would have a power outage at 7pm, but that did not arrive. So I mistakenly assumed that we were in the clear, meaning no power outage. Clearly, I was wrong. My parents made sure that my brother and I were alright, and then we were left to our own devices. I decided to check on my friends before I tried reconnecting to the internet. My first attempt at giving me access to the Google Doc was having my phone as a hotspot. Hopeful, I turned it on and had it connected. Those hopes were dashed when I saw that it said it was still reconnecting. Round two of trying to edit my Google Doc was accessing it through my phone. Relying purely on the power of AT&T data, my Google Doc did not show the latest version of my documentation. At this point, I commented something along the lines of, Of course, of course, of course. Geographical location really comes into play right now. Being behind a hill does not help. It took all my restraint to not verbally curse at the hill in my neighborhood. See, it sounds absurd to be mad at a hill, but I didn't have very many options. In addition, a lot was writing on that documentation. With a project that did not work, documentation would salvage anything for my grade. So, I decided to go ask my parents, and I walked over to their room with a flashlight in hand and asked, Can one of you take me to the place that has Wi-Fi? My mom looked at me in dismay and said, Why? I need to finish my documentation, I responded. I was hit with a, Why didn't you do this earlier? I replied, You saw me take as much advantage of electricity as possible. I was outside for hours on end, soldering and trying to actually fix my circuit so I would have something presentable. Luckily, my dad understood me and said, I can drive you to a Starbucks or any place that has Wi-Fi. So off we went driving across town. The street lights were off and there was no light source except for the car lights. Every Starbucks we came across was closed and they prepared ahead of time for the power outage. Thankfully, the other side of town still had power and a safe way was open. At long last, I had my free Wi-Fi to finish my documentation that was due at midnight. When school resumed, everyone had to present their projects. As the line of presenters shortened, it got closer to being my turn. I felt my heart begin to pound and I tried to ignore the rush of anxiety that came over me. My palms were turning sweaty and I discreetly wiped them on my pants. It was normal presentation and every project occurrence that we did. Then I heard one of my classmates say, Unfortunately, I did not get my piano working. I did something that I thought would make my piano work, but I actually made it not work at all. Instantly, I felt relief. I was not the only one with a non-functioning project. Then I began to notice that there was a long list forming of people who didn't have a functioning project. When it reached me, 
there is at least three people who presented who didn't have a functioning electronic piano. So I added on to this and said in my presentation, here's my electronic piano, and like the other people before me, it doesn't work. That earned a laugh out of my classmates because we felt it was pretty funny and relieving to keep having projects being presented that weren't working. And I continued to say, we all know the pains of troubleshooting. Unfortunately, I had trouble during my breadboarding phase where I couldn't get any sound. Luckily, I was able to solve this issue, or so I thought. It turns out it's stuck and now I have this. I connected my woofer speaker to my circuit and it produced static. Once again, my classmates chuckled at this display. This project is one of my fondest memories to look back on and laugh at for me. Not only was it a challenge, but I had quite the eventful time trying to complete it. In fact, one of my lunch times during that project, my friends and I took a break to spectate someone saying their farewell to our high school by climbing the roof and running away from the adults. To me, this project sums up every project I've done for my engineering classes, each bringing a challenge for me to tackle, always showing me how resourceful I become because I refuse to admit defeat at the deadline. With every setback, I learn to appreciate the smaller things in life, take things in stride, and have a good laugh. I grew to love a challenge since it pushed me to grow as a person and appreciate different aspects of myself. Act 2 is a story from Janan Bustami. She shares her unexpected love for orchestral music, which evolved from practice, patience, and persistence. Here is a musical love story. With youthful curiosity, I set my wide eyes on it for the first time. I picked it up rather awkwardly. I had never held one before, and my inexperienced hands didn't exactly know how to. I held it up against my chin, noticing little clouds of rosin form as I pulled the bow down on the A string. Fifth grade music class was the start of my relationship with the violin. I vividly recall my first performance in an orchestra. We played Jingle Bells in the annual Winter Area Concert. The orchestra was comprised of 30 fourth grade students. I'll leave it up to you to imagine the shrieking racket that was heard by my overenthusiastic parents in the audience. After we elementary kids students were finally finished with our show-stopping performance, it was now time for the high school students to play. I vividly remember how mesmerized I became while listening to them. In awe, I watched as the conductor, a short but energetic man, lead over a hundred high schoolers in playing the theme from Star Wars. They looked so effortlessly synced, the booming sound of the orchestra resonating in the large concert hall and back into my little perked ears. After the high schoolers were finished, Mr. Jung, the conductor, turned to us elementary students and explained that these high schoolers started out in our shoes. More than ever, I wanted to play like them. I fell in love with the idea of being part of something so huge, a real orchestra and playing in great big concert halls like the ones I saw on TV at home. I first started really learning how to play and I sounded really awful. The sound of your violin sounds like the cat giving birth, my mom remarked in Arabic. To be completely honest, I hated playing at first. It was difficult and my fingers kept blistering. I had horrible intonation and mangled only basic scales and melodies. It was barely even music. I wasn't considered at all a natural at the violin, and I was often put in the last lead of the orchestra. This chapter in the story of my violin lasted the longest. Unlike a typical honeymoon stage, the beginning phase wasn't passionate or enjoyable and it became laborious. I also hated going to lessons. It was more of a disillusionment phase rather than a honeymoon phase, and the violin became a symbol of displeasure to me. I'll stick with orchestra. It'll look good on college applications. 
This was a thought that crossed my mind often. I certainly didn't love playing the violin like the rest of my orchestra friends said that they did. I couldn't reciprocate the magic that I had felt as a fourth grader watching an orchestra. In hindsight, I didn't really understand what it meant to love playing music during this pesky plateau stage. However, I noticed that as I kept beavering away at the violin and immersing myself into the learning cycle, rather than working against it, my attitude towards playing started to develop. I graduated from the middle school orchestra, excited and ambitious for the next phase of my life, high school. Upon entering high school, I had auditioned to play in the chamber orchestra, the same orchestra that I'd watched play annually in the winter since fourth grade. Audition results were posted on a pink sheet in the orchestra room, and with butterflies forming in my stomach, I recognized my name along with 30 other students who I'd never been introduced to. My high school orchestra career consisted of heavy-eyed 6am practices, after-school rehearsals, and frustrated conductors. However, during this process, I'd accomplished things I'd never imagined. We were invited to play to perform in prestigious concert halls like Seegerstrom, Soaking University, we won state competitions and even played at Disneyland a few times. I'd certainly come far from Jingle Bells. Often people assume that a love for certain things just comes naturally, like it walks on its own legs and knocks on our doors at the right time. Your passion towards the things that you love shouldn't be worked for, and it'll just come to you if you keep exposing yourself to new things, and hopefully one day you'll find out what you're made for, and it'll be natural. My musical journey and love for the violin weren't that. I used to loathe playing. But my relationship with the violin had taught me to learn to fall in love with the process itself, and not just the end result. This is my interpretation of true love, learning how to push past disillusionment stages and falling in love with the process as a whole. This form of love is difficult and requires effort and perseverance, which does not come easy. In my musical journey, I realized that I actually did love playing, and I loved it even when I didn't. Now segueing from the journey of discovering passion and love for music, Act 3 is the story from Shannon Chen, where we see how this profound love for music transforms into a relationship between her identity and source of ambition and happiness. Here is You Gave Love a Meaning. Graduating from middle school, I was ready to take on high school. The little 8th grade mind who felt so powerful as she was the oldest grade at her school, yet ignorant of what was to come. Ready as ever, that summer I believed was going to be one of the best summers I ever had. I recently met new friends, and one of them gave me the butterflies, that warm, fuzzy feeling that seems to encase you whenever they're in your presence. It seemed as I peaked, from ending middle school academically strong and satisfied, to saying heartwarming goodbyes to those parting ways. It was the most ever socialized, as I was always used to going from school to dance to taekwondo, and back home to study and repeat that endless cycle. My group of friends had a blast. We went to multiple amusement parks, each other's birthdays, our local annual fair, and were thoroughly riding the high in life. As I sipped all my greens and ginger from Jamba Juice, enjoying that icy bittersweetness as it rushed through my veins, ding! That was the moment that zapped my heart into pieces and I dropped numb. Hey Shannon, Blank likes you a lot. Blah, blah, blah. But nothing registered except once to take a break. Once past the honeymoon phase, I was blinded by my naivety and his guilt of not wanting to hurt me that he had one of our mutual close friends communicate to me over text that he wanted to stop. Time seemingly went on in slow motion. With all that happening in a span of three months, I suppressed my emotions and entered high school, believing it would be a fresh start. The first two years, I met beautiful souls and excelled in my classes. Everything seemed fine. 
But in reality, the fear of admitting that the pain was so overwhelming to the point where I felt nothing pushed me back into my black hole. Sophomore year. I was the most engaged study-wise and social connection-wise, as I met the two teachers I would grow close and comfortable with, but at the same time, their classes were the most demanding ones I've ever taken. During finals week, everything I suppressed was starting to leak out of the cracks created by stress. Five, four, three, two, one. The point of meltdown was close. Yet too overwhelmed and afraid, I believed that life would not slow down for me. I had to keep going and going even past burnout. Staring at my world history notes over the past few hours, it had blossomed from pure white to rainbow, as I mindlessly color-coded and jotted down notes for my final. Yet to me so colorful, it appeared shades of gray. My scoliosis-inducing binder and skyscraper of notes and folders rested on top of the little wooden table in my parents' room, with only the light of midnight leading my hunched-over body through the dark. My soul was being drained by the second, but it was okay. I felt like a zombie in the night, not alive, but still walking and thriving. Coming out of my trance, I decided to take a break and browse YouTube to where I would come across a video that would replace my midnight and not only guide me through the night, but change my life. BTS Chungguk only then. Four minutes and 15 seconds passed till I got out of the void. I came back realizing that it looked like I had just jumped into a pool, face and color drenched with tears. Yet, I felt like something struck me, in a spot that has never been touched before, like when you're getting a massage and it hits just at the right point for all your worries and pain to melt away. Paired with that, I didn't know what I felt, but letting the water fall out of my eyes felt overdue and the right thing to do. This felt like music's cure for life. As I grew older and life went on, and as BTS released more artworks, that red string tied between my heart and them grew and grew till it sewed itself into my entire being. Listening to the songs, I would be transported to a different universe, a place where I felt understood and loved. Cliche as it may sound, they came into my life when I needed it the most and eternally saved me. For those who can give someone love and sincerity, those individuals can achieve anything, and I believe that's the greatest thing. As people always talk like we're naive, that we're too young, but eventually fools change the world. For being that shooting star that comes once in a lifetime, but leaves a trail of light behind to last a whole lifetime. For motivating and inspiring me, the kindness, the everything, there is no possible word, phrase, or sentence that can encompass the immense gratuity that I feel towards them. The vast, timeless, forever-going space of love that they've expressed and reflected onto me. The simply just being me is a lesson in itself and for teaching me that having the bravery to do what I love, be who I am, and fight for my happiness and dreams is how they have improved my life in the most colorful way possible. Like how the moon rises after the sun and how fingernails grow, and the littlest things in life, they're the ones that gave meaning to my memories and taught me to mix and paint the world in the colors I love. To look at the stars and realize the amount of happiness they have brought into my life, my love runs deeply, wholeheartedly, and blindly. To me, they're the personification of comfort, home, and love. To end it off, Act 4 is a story from Brooke Kim. She shares her journey of how she finds appreciation for self-love, opportunities, and uniqueness. Here is Appreciating My Identity. When I was in middle school, my father had just dropped me off at home from school and headed back to work. At that time, my parents and I used to live in a small apartment. Once he dropped me off, I started my short walk to my apartment complex. 
I could hear the trees rustle from a breeze and birds chirping in the sky. Along the way, I passed by our community pool where I saw a man and woman aged around their late 20s. The man yells, Ni hao! Confused, I ignore, put my head down, and continue walking. He says it again. Noticing that I am the only person around, I realize that he was indeed talking to me. He repeats himself a third time. Then I hear the man whisper to the woman, I'm trying to say hello to this girl and she's being rude. At this point, I was just mind boggled. I could no longer hear the birds chirping or the sound of the trees rustling in the wind. I could only hear my inner thoughts running around my mind. Without responding, I ran home and tried to comprehend what had just happened. After closing the front door of my apartment, I immediately wished that I should have stood up for myself or possibly confronted the people. At that time, I was young and naive and didn't know much about racism in the world. I constantly question why a lot of Americans assume all Asians are Chinese at first glance. Throughout my life, I've had people come up to me and ask if I am Chinese. I would honestly prefer it if people would ask what my ethnicity is, if they are so very inclined to express their curiosity. I started to become self-conscious of what people thought of me just by looking at me. Looking back right now, I see no reason to confront the people and no reason to be self-conscious about what other people think of me. I have no reason to justify my ethnicity to these random people, only to prove them wrong. I am a proud Thai, Korean, and American. It is something that most people don't guess right off the bat. It is also something that I like to tell people to get to know me because it projects my uniqueness. Over the years, I have been able to love and appreciate myself and my identity. Love doesn't just have one clear definition. It can take many different forms depending on how you interpret it. Everyone has their own definition of self-love. My interpretation of the values of self-love have dramatically changed, which encouraged me to express my uniqueness as something I can be proud of despite being looked down on. Self-love can grow through experiences in life and changes your aspects of life. Not only have I learned to appreciate myself, but I have also learned to appreciate the opportunities offered to me. Specifically, I have been able to learn Thai culture from my mother and Korean culture from my father. Even better, I am very fortunate to have visited Thailand and Korea. I tend to travel during summer or winter breaks to visit family members, of course before coronavirus, but also to gain exposure to different countries and cultures. Honestly, the younger me did not appreciate this exposure as much as I do now. In fact, during first grade, I had an assignment to share with the class what I did over the summer. I had just returned from a two-week trip to Chiang Mai and Bangkok, Thailand. Right before the first day of school, my mom and I went to Vons for some groceries, and I had the audacity to say that I went to Vons over the summer, with no mention of my travels. Aside from that, I have learned that expressing my self-love for my identity improves my mental health and allows me to appreciate the things that make me unique. For the credits, the narration was done by Shannon Chen. The audio editing was done by Brooke Kim. Portions of the following songs appear in accordance with fair use provisions for educational non-for-profit purposes. In Act 1, music is from and credited to Eric Godlow on YouTube titled Lo-Fi Beat, quote, lovely, end quote. In Act 2, 
Music is from and credited to Janan Bustami on YouTube, titled, quote, A Prayer for Peace by John Williams, Adventure on Bainbridge Island, Alan Lee Silva, January 2020, end quote. In Act 3, music is from and credited to Smyong Piano on YouTube, titled, quote, Full BTS Spring Day Piano Cover, end quote. And other music is from and credited to Do Piano on YouTube, called, quote, BTS Spring Day Piano and String Orchestral Version, end quote. In Act 4, music is from and credited to Lakey Inspired on YouTube, titled, quote, Blue Boy, end quote. In the credits, music is from and credited to Prim M on YouTube for the mashup of, quote, What is Love, end quote, by Twice, and quote, What is Love, end quote, by Hathaway. All music is used only for educational, non-for-profit purposes.